Good morning. Let's go ahead and open up our Bibles to Galatians chapter number 5. Galatians chapter 5, pick up in verse number 1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. In other words, this is the culmination of everything that Paul has been talking about for the previous four chapters. Do not be tempted to go back under the law. He says it will do you no good. Why does Paul spend so much time talking to them about this? Because they had a tendency to do it. Why do we need to spend so much time studying this? Because we do have a tendency to place ourselves back under a works religion. And then he says in verse 2 through 6, Indeed I, Paul, say to you that if you become circumcised, in other words, if you do something to keep the law, Christ will profit you nothing. And I testify again to every man who becomes circumcised that he is a debtor to keep the entire law. Remember the whole argument that he started out with at the beginning of this epistle was there were those who were saying that you first had to be circumcised to become a Jew before you could become a Christian. And of course, Paul went to Jerusalem Council in Acts chapter number 15, and they had debunked that and said, no, that is not true. You do not have to keep the law of circumcision in order to be saved. Now he's saying, indeed, I, Paul, say to you that if you become circumcised, in other words, if you go out and get circumcised to find salvation, it'll do you absolutely no good. Christ will profit you nothing. Why? Because you're placing your faith in the circumcision instead of the completed work of Christ on the cross. And he says, I testify again to every man who becomes circumcised that he is a debtor to keep the whole law. In other words, you can't pick and choose which parts of the law you want to keep and which parts of the law you want to ignore. Either you are under the totality of the law or you are under the totality of grace. It's one or the other. Every day on my way to work, I pass two big signs that have been there the entire three years that I've resided here in Lynchburg, Virginia, that talk about the mark of the beast on Saturday. You know, uh, so they say you, you, you can't break the Sabbath. You know, they're the mark of the beast on Sunday, it is. Um, they say that, you know, if you, if you do not go to church on Saturday, if you do not keep the Sabbath, then you've accepted the mark of the beast. Listen, folks, circumcision will profit you nothing. If you become circumcised, you are a debtor to keep the whole law. They are picking and choosing. Our Seventh-day Adventist friends are picking and choosing which parts of the law they want to keep and which parts of the law they do not. He says, you you will become a debtor to keep the whole law. You can't pick and choose. And he says, you have become estranged from Christ, you who attempted to be, you two who attempt to be justified by the law. What does he mean by that? You become estranged from Christ because you're not trusting in Christ. You're trusting in going to church on Saturday. You're trusting in being circumcised. He says, you have actually fallen from grace. For we, through the Spirit, eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails you anything. It doesn't matter what day of the week you go to church. It doesn't matter if you're circumcised or you're uncircumcised. It will will profit you nothing. 
for it's by righteousness is by faith. For in Christ Jesus, there is neither circumcision nor uncircumcision. It avails you nothing but faith working according to love. In other words, you, if you are keeping the law, any aspect, any point of the law, to find your justification, to find your salvation. Ultimately, you're trusting in the wrong thing. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9 says, For by grace we have been saved through faith, and that is not of ourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any one of us should boast. Our salvation does not come by works or keeping the law. Now, lest any of you should think to himself, oh, that doesn't, that isn't describing me. Let's think about that for a moment. I can't judge you in this, but I can judge but but you can judge yourself, and of course I can judge myself. Paul encouraged us in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty eight to examine ourselves. He said in for in Second Corinthians thirteen five, examine yourselves as to whether or not you are truly in the faith. Test yourself. With that in mind, what do why do you do what you do for God? Do you do it because you think that you will gain or keep your salvation? If so, Paul is talking to you. He is actually giving you a stern warning. Don't you think for one minute by keeping any one aspect of the law, i.e. circumcision, baptism, the Sabbath, that it will save you. The law never could and the law never will be able to save. If it could save, Jesus would not have had to come and die on a cross in our place because we could have saved ourselves by keeping the law. And he says in verse number seven, you ran well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion does not come from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. In other words, you were doing so well when I first preached the gospel to you. You responded with joy. You accepted faith in Christ Jesus. You were miraculously saved. You ran well, but who hindered you? Who hindered you? Of course, that something is that they had allowed the legalizers to saturate them with their version of the gospel. You remember back in chapter number one, in chapter number one and verse number six, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than that which we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have already received, let him be accursed. For do I now persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? For if I still please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. So Paul is saying here, you ran so well, but something happened. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion did not come from him who calls you. And then he says a little leaven leavens the whole lump. Perversion is described in the Bible as leaven. Sin is described in the Bible as leaven. It cannot be allowed to permeate the church. It cannot be allowed to permeate our, our individual walks with the Lord. It only takes a pinch. 
Jesus refers to this in the parable of the leaven in Matthew 13, 33. Now, for some of you younger folks, leaven is yeast, which maybe your great-grandparents used to use to bake bread. Leaven is what makes the bread rise. If you don't put leaven in it, you're going to have flatbread. Okay, And it only takes a pinch of that leaven to saturate, to spread throughout the whole loaf of bread and cause it to rise. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 13, 33, another parable he spake unto them, the kingdom of heaven is like unto leaven, which a woman took, hid in three measures of meal till the whole was leavened. So Paul here is saying, you ran so well, but someone hindered you. How? By given putting putting some leaven putting some persuasion some perverted persuasion in your life someone talked you into adding works to your free gift of salvation and he says in verse number 10 i have confidence in you in the lord that you will have no other mind but he who troubles you shall bear his judgment whoever he is now paul here expresses his optimism that they will overcome this testing. There is nothing like a few words of affirmation. It's been said that a pat on the back will take anyone another mile. But notice he says, he who troubles you will, notice he says, will bear his judgment. He's talking about those Judaizers, those legalizers, those who were adding works to grace. Mark 9, 42, he says, But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung about his neck and he were thrown into the sea. Paul here is saying, Whoever is troubling you in this, whoever is introducing you to this, adding this works to your faith in, in hopes of salvation, whoever is perverting, the true gospel of Jesus Christ, belief in the death, burial, and the resurrection of God's Son, will bear his judgment. Listen, folks, hope that you have an awesome day. Remember, God loves you, wants the best for you, and he's working all things out for your good.